Welcome to Frontline Voices on Disaster Response, sponsored by Verizon. Now, J.J. Green. Hurricane Ida was something else, and you guys are still battling that right now. I'm just wondering if you would tell us just how it was when the hurricane hit and how bad it was and just give us a sense of what it took to get through it. So it's ironic. I, I, I spoke at length with Ken Graham yesterday from the National Hurricane Center, and uh, we were speaking about the several aspects of Hurricane Ida, and then it was a little bit unusual in that it, uh, it formed very late, and then it was extremely erratic in its path. It was, it was jogging 30 to 60 miles east and west the entire time. It was following the basic track that they had predicted. So for us, we kept hoping that it was when it came made landfall, it was going to be making that 60 mile jog to the west. In fact, it was the opposite. And because of that, um, Grand Isle, Lafitte, and the extreme western portion of Upper Jefferson Parish, which is inside the levee protection system, uh, took a tremendous amount of damage. Now, Grand Isle was obliterated. I'm literally obliterated. There was 16 to 24 inches of sand yeah. on the entire island. And then Lafitte, because the storm uh, was so intense, it, it had a tremendous storm surge. And it, it basically just uh, stirred up all this uh, swamp mud and dumped it onto Lafitte. So whereas Grand Isle had sand that came from the Gulf of Mexico, Lafitte had mud that uh, came from all the wetlands. So it was literally, in some cases, it was almost three feet deep. Yeah. Give us a sense of how important your relationship was with FEMA and your state and local partners were at the time of this event and why it's important to make sure those relationships and everything that has to be done ahead of time is done. So, so we had a good relationship with FEMA and, and, and I can honestly say that uh, I was here, uh, I was in a law enforcement capacity for Katrina and, you know, FEMA was not prepared for that storm. They were uh, in a much better place for Ida and of course, you know, there's so many disasters that have occurred since Katrina that I think FEMA is is has 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 definitely upped their game quite a bit, and it's critical because after a storm, especially like Ida, you lose all power, uh, you lose all your critical infrastructure that makes it possible for people to live normal lives. So it's important that we have a very strong relationship with FEMA. And FEMA is directly tied into the Department of Child and Family Services. Each state has one of those state agencies, but that's critical because they provide the SNAP program and the DSNAP program. So uh, individuals that have been displaced by a storm like this are able to go buy products like you know food, uh, diapers, uh, baby formula, anything along those lines. And it's critical that we can get those cards in the individual's hands as soon as possible. So in order to do that, uh, we have to have a very close symbiotic relationship with the state agencies that are liaison to the FEMA. And also the FEMA reps were down here rather quickly uh, within three days, and they were providing us with a tremendous amount of information. And in the case of Jefferson Parish, we, we have um, what we call the Jefferson Parish Leadership Call, which we do typically one time a day, but in some cases two. And we have over 125 agency partners on that call. 
So we always give them the most up-to-date information so that we ensure that they have situational awareness. And we were able to use those FEMA reps to tell all those various agencies exactly what programs were spooling up, what were the links to get to those programs, and if they had any issues, who to call. So that was, that was critical. That was a critical message that we were able to get out to the, to the displaced, displaced population, I would say within five days. Mm -hmm. How would you assess your ability to communicate during the storm? Did your, how did your systems handle it? Well, from a communication standpoint, we did well. We use an Elwin system, which is a, a 700, 800 megahertz radio system. Louisiana uh, has the second most robust system. We can, we can reach out through our uh, first responder radio system. We can reach out to 96,000 partners in the state. So I can pick up my radio now and dial into someone in Shreveport mm -hmm. or Alexandria or Baton Rouge. And so from a first responder standpoint of view, the communications were excellent. Um, I, think, I think Wisconsin has the largest, like, like 120 uh, stakeholders, but uh, we're the second largest in the country. So from a first responders, like I said before, we didn't have any issues with communication whatsoever. Um, you know, we lost a tremendous amount of cell service when you lose the electrical grid. Jefferson Parish, entire parish, lost 100% of the grid for a minimum of 14 days. Mm -hmm. So at that point, you're running on generator power. So there were some issues there with communications with the state uh, as it related to us being able, being able to get in more generators and access to the fuel for those generators. Yeah. So um, needless to say, during that time frame, the, your relationship with the private sector and certainly communications outlets was really uh, very important during that time when things were out, correct? Oh, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. The private sector was, was, was critical for us. And um, I think for at least four or five days outside of radio, radio became our primary source of communication because the cable was out, AT&T was out as far as the cable services. So we did a tremendous amount of uh, push outs on our um, uh, via radio, which turned out to be extremely important uh, yeah. for us. And, you know, like I say, what until 14 days after that power began to get restored to all these different areas and cable relies on the electrical grid. So if you don't have power, you don't have cable, you don't have AT&T. Radio, of course, you know, wireless. I mean, that's just a totally different ball game there. So yeah. All you need is some batteries. That's it. That's it. <laughs> that's and look, it. in our messaging, we're very strong about that. We say, make sure you have a good AM, FM radio. Make sure you have batteries to back it up, because that may be your only form of communication. Um, I happen to have an AM, FM radio with me after Katrina, and we had lost total communications. And I was pretty much kept up to date because I was able to go get to the local uh, talk radio station and you know, I, I was able to keep up from what was going on from their perspective anyway. Well, that is absolutely the thing that I preach here in our neck of the woods that, you know, forget about television, forget about social media. What you need in uh, a time of a disaster or an emergency is a radio. And you are a perfect example of that. Let me just um, ask a couple more really quick things and I'll let you go. Sure. Um, the You're still dealing with some of this but you're making progress, right? Well, well, we are. Um, uh, of course, the 
because Grand Isle and Lafitte were considered uh, devastated areas, um, that's where the main focus of our attention has been. Uh, Grand Isle now has a completely rebuilt power grid. We are well on our way with the water system. It is, it is now self-sufficient, but it still needs a few more repairs with some outlying broken lines. Uh, we had to repair 29 miles of water, which comes from Lafitte to Grand Isle. So that's, that's been uh, taken care of. And so um, the island is in much better shape now. It has power and now it has water that doesn't require to be boiled. So, but there's still a tremendous amount of work. Um, all the sand, has been picked up and has been uh, remediated and, and because they didn't want to lose the sand because the, the beaches got hit real hard. Lafitte's a little bit different problem because um, that dirt is mixed in with the debris. And so now it has to be hauled off to a landfill. So we're in the process now of uh, private property debris removal and uh, FEMA has been invaluable here. I mean, they've really been great working with us uh, to uh, work with all these individual homeowners to get that dirt off their property. And, and so uh, we're very grateful to them for all the assistance that uh, they've uh, given mm -hmm. us. Last thing, the community people, um, what's your message to them uh, about uh, how they performed or how things went during, during the storm, but also dealing with things like this in the future? What's your message to the public? So it's two part questions. The first part is how did they respond incredibly well? Um, Lafitte and Grand Isle are very tight communities. They're both uh, based on fishing. Uh, and, and, and so they're, uh, everyone knows everyone. Uh, Lafitte and Grand Isle had an incredible civilian volunteer force that stepped up to the plate and they didn't have any issues with that whatsoever. Um, the, both those communities are very, very resilient. Um, Going forward, though, um, messaging is important. Um, I want to bring up that 40% uh, of the structures on Lafitte were not damaged as a result of Ida. Those were built after Katrina with the new hurricane codes. So, of course, um, we're going to watch that very carefully, and we're going to make sure that everything that's rebuilt in Grand Isle and Lafitte follows uh, the up-to-date codes, because that looks like it made a huge difference. Those houses were higher. And they were built, uh, their frames were reinforced, particularly in the roofs. And so we're going to make sure that those building codes, but the most important thing that we can uh, push forward is that uh, Jefferson Parish is storm ready. We, we uh, it's important that uh, the individuals pay attention to what's going on around them, follow the rules and regulations. Uh, when they're asked to evacuate, you know, then they have to leave. They had to leave and get out of harm's way. We were really lucky with Ida, even though it took a big hit. We only had one loss of life that was attributed to the storm. And, and so it could have been so much worse because if you would actually look at the uh, structural damage that occurred on Grand Isle and Lafitte, it's hard to believe that only one person was a loss. But we need to do a much better job at, at intensifying those messages they're saying, look, this is dire. It's time to get out of there. So, I mean, uh, that would be my concern. Mr. Valiente, thank you. I appreciate your time. You put this into perspective for us and gave us a great picture of what took place, uh, how you got through it, where you are and where you're going. Thank you for doing this. 
JJ, just give me a minute to thank you and all the radio stations that have given us an opportunity to tell this story and give us a platform because hopefully a lot of your listeners will listen to this and it'll resonate with them. Thank you for listening to Frontline Voices on Disaster Response, sponsored by Verizon on WTOP.